and welcome to level 20 of the Thoughts and Players podcast, the brand new gaming podcast with bold takes and no strings attached. And I am here once again with my two compadres. I have David. What up? And I have Corey. Waka, waka, waka. Waka, waka. Waka. Pac-Man. Yeah. Oh, the just, Pac-Man. I was say, is that Waka Flames? No. Oh. Well, originally his name was going to be Puck-Man. I don't know. the developers know. were... <laughs> Usually Jeremy interrupts me. Nice. <laughs> That's a long explanation. Um... We're glad you guys are joining us for level 20. I will say again, 20 to zero. It's a big one. 20 of the main levels, uh, however many of uh, the bonus levels we have. Hope you guys are enjoying those as well. Make sure you check out our last bonus level, our 2021 video games draft. Um, I would say, guys, check it out. Listen to all of us. We had a fun time. Special guests, Cody and Joey. Um, we all were there picking our games. I will say uh, right now I'm dominating. Um, and as as I as I assumed and also feared for everyone else because I want people to feel like they're a part of it. But uh, I am oh, dominating. So You're literally the only that one that out. has a game out right right now, and it scored ha ha high. All right, so here's the thing. Before we even get into the stories, that was actually going to be my final thoughts. Okay. Every final thought was going to be like an update, but you've taken it. So we'll just throw it out there. Right now, Jeremy, you are sitting at an 88 Metacritic for Hitman 3. Right. You're happy with that. Very happy with it. it First scored, game out the gate. It scored sub, higher than I expected. I expected I mean, maybe around an 83, 85 range, an 88. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm, not lie, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried. Even though that was a second round pick, so it should be high, but that's nice, a little man. higher than I also thought. So. Right, it has the potential to be higher than your first round. <laughs> oh man, this guy's a douche. All, All right. right. <laughs> With that being said, we are going to jump into the morning announcements. News item number one: a new Mario-themed red and blue edition Switch was revealed. It's Mario. And all its Mario-ness, and it's a Switch. Um, that's really it, I think. Guys, did you guys get to see what it looks like? What are your impressions of it? Uh, it's it's Mario Red and Blue, you know. Uh, I mean, if you don't have a Switch yet, I mean, that'd be cool, you know. I mean, Mario's the biggest thing for Nintendo. So, I it's it's just cool. I guess. Um, I'll say this. I don't think it's a very nice looking switch. I don't like how pronounced each color is. It kind of seems just a little bit offsetting. But I think they threw this out here because it's Mario. Mario sells like hotcakes. Everyone's going to be buying this edition because they're going to put out the Switch Pro very soon. So this is the last like, hey, buy this switch before we reveal our new edition switch. That's my conspiracy theory. Okay. I wouldn't say it's a bad one. Okay, thank you. Yeah, That's yeah. It. I, I kind of agree with that. Yeah. Um, a news item number two. Rust. The game Rust that I know you all have never heard of 
It is coming to consoles this year. Now, I briefly mentioned Rust. It's basically a survival building game, right? You build up a base and you build up different resources you have to harvest and stuff like that. If you've played Ark, very similar, just no dinosaurs, but there are a bunch of other people who troll and use a plethora of racial terms. Guys, this is coming to consoles. Have you had any interest in Rust like I have? Uh, or is this just, okay, cool. It's coming to consoles, whatever. Um, yeah, my Polish heritage has kind of stopped me from going into there because like you said, a lot of the racial terms, I don't want to be exposed to stuff like that personally. Mm -hmm. right. Um, but my main thing is, is this, this is a little too late, right? Like who really cares? These kind of games are now a dime a dozen. Eh. So like Rust might've been like the first really, really big one, but like there's, there's dozens of them on consoles now. Yeah, mm. but Rust did recently blow up again because there's a server with a bunch of bad streamers. And yeah. it's it's got a following again. But that's, and that's like that's fair. I'm talking about like as terms of like just the actual game. Like it's it's had to be innovated on, right? Yeah. Like there's well, already better yeah. versions of it. I think it's more of an interesting thing of what you're saying, Corey, in, in regards to it's inception and it's kind of zeitgeist in the culture and how it's finally coming to consoles, right? Because PUBG came out later mm. than Rust and yeah. went to consoles way earlier than Rust. Yep. Right. So it's kind of, it's it's interesting because Rust has been around for a minute, right? Um, and now it's finally coming to consoles. It's weird it didn't come to well, I guess it's coming to last gen or whatever. But like it's 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 weird. That's strange. I mean, it took that long. I mean, it's a that's a great point with PUBG because PUBG was that first battle royal on PC and it blew up and it had a chance to be the first one on console and kind of take that territory, but it waited and then Fortnite was there and then Fortnite blew up. So right. Rust, I think, kind of missed the boat. If it would have been the first on PC and on console, it might have been a like revolutionary game, you know, where it's like, hey, this is the game. But now it's just kind of, right. I might get it, you know, but there's no guarantee. I mean, you could make maybe make the argument that Ark is that to some extent. I mean, there's some gameplay mechanics that Russ has that Ark doesn't, but Ark, the basic kind of survival, build a base, free, you know, PPE or, or you know, or, or PVP and stuff like that or PVE or whatever, um, you know, it has all that stuff. And it also has dinosaurs. So, yeah, I would agree 100 percent. And Ark's coming out with the sequel soon. Right. So like Ark's already been on council and it's making a sequel. Like this, this really doesn't have a place for me. Yeah, true sequel. They tried to make a faux sequel with Atlas and everyone rejected it. Uh, oh, okay. Which was supposed to be mostly like ocean themed, mm. pirates and stuff. Oh, oceans. And people oceans. were like, people were oceans. like, oh. Jeremy, did you play it? No, because I saw impressions and reviews on it. Because I saw impressions and reviews on it. And they were like, oh, it's basically just Ark with boats. So I already played Ark before, right? You can swim in the water in Ark. You can tame water animals in Ark, which I have done, right? I also wouldn't classify Ark as a, as a water game, though. Okay. I, have, I have water games, by the way. I don't, approve, Ark, of you, I see where this is going. I don't approve of you taming <laughs> water animals, like using them as like your, like, you know, free labor. It's not cool, bro. Bro. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I learned that it's okay to train a Lapras 
and surf the seas with it. That's perfectly fine. So no, he's your friend. Left Prez is your friend. Move on. Mm-hmm. Item number three. <laughs> the Poland Office of Competition and Consumer Protection is investigating the possible mishandling of Cyberpunk 2070 of the Sevens refunds. Now, last main level, we went into depth about this game, about how a lot of things around it are kind of sucky, but also some stuff around it's kind of awesome. Guys, this is another instance of Cyberpunk getting some negative press behind it. First, what do you guys think about the fact they're getting investigated by the, let's say, P.O.C.C.P.? P.O.C.C.P., okay. Um, My opinion is this, like, this is getting kind of blown out of proportion a little bit. There's been other games that have been super buggy and don't, don't run well. And no one gets sued about it. No one gets investigated. Like, yeah, it was a very buggy game. It doesn't really work too well, but it does work. It does work. You can play through it. It's just a very buggy game. So, like, you can choose to buy it or not buy it. Yes, they were a little bit um, unethical with their um, advertising, the advertising of it. But all video game companies are. Well, so, this is specifically like, with their refund policy. Well, what are they investigating exactly? I guess because at one point they said that people can just get a refund whenever they want, but then they didn't really coordinate that 100% with PlayStation or Xbox or something like that. So there was like some confusion on the part of them and the different platforms they were selling their games on. That That's fair. That's totally different than I was talking about. So someone else, please take the board. <laughs> right. That's why I decided to save you before you got too far. Thank you. Yeah. What do you think, Jeremy? I think, hey, you got to get investigated. I think it's going to pretty much be a, a, a lot much to do with nothing uh, because they're going to get the refund thing handled and figured out. And this is obviously for pre-orders or early early purchased orders. This isn't for anything now because there's been enough put in the press that, that a person who buys the game now is informed about what they're getting into with the game. So... Um, I think it's dealing with refunds with that. I think they'll eventually get it handled. I mean, there's precedent for this with No Man's Sky. I feel like they're going to follow the same procedure. Ditto. Thank you. Um, David, any 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 thoughts? No, I you, you said it. Okay. I nailed that the one. Thing. Yeah. I nailed it. All right. <laughs> Let's go on to news item number four. I'll nail this one, too. Bethesda reveals a new Indiana Jones game in development by none other than the developer Machine Games, who is behind Wolfenstein. Guys, are you interested in an Indiana Jones game being developed by Machine Games? I got to stop you real quick. Indie Spotlight's not till the end of the level, Jeremy. Indie Spotlight. To David. Why? What? Why do you, why are you why are you like the way that you are? I've been saving that joke for a week. Um, terrible joke. It's a terrible joke, but it's a terrible know, joke. Loyal fans will get it. I'm excited for this as much as I was about the movies, and I've never seen an Indiana Jones movie, so Ditto. Ditto. that's where I stand. Dang. Okay. Um, you know, Indiana Jones, he pioneered Nathan Drake and uh, Lara Croft. You know, that's kind of where they get their inspirations from. So if you can get the source material of that and, you know, get 
the Harrison Ford lookalike and like throwbacks from the movies and these big adventures. Like adventure games are just fun. Those games are fun because they're just over the top and explosive. And Indiana Jones can be that for Xbox, which will presumably be an exclusive, hopefully, for them. Maybe. Maybe. So they can have their own. They uh, can have their own. It's up in the air, I think. You know, I think the interesting thing is you mentioned, you know, those other ones like Tomb Raider, um, Nathan Drake with the whole Uncharted. I find that Machine Games has mostly made first-person shooters with the Wolfenstein franchise. Right. So it's interesting. Are they going to do first-person with Indy? You also mis- mentioned Harrison Ford. I'm fairly confident Harrison Ford will not be contributing to this. If well, he was... Likeness, though. But what's the use of looking nah. like Harrison Ford if you don't sound like Harrison Ford? Oh. Right. I mean, they can get that guy from Solo. He doesn't sound like Harrison Ford. <laughs> Fair enough. He tried. Enough. He tried. So yeah, if, if now if they got the actual Harrison Ford to do the voice acting and all that stuff too, I may be more interested, just because he's just wonderful to listen to. Uh, you know, put out dialogue. Besides that, not much interest. And if it is a first person, doubly no interest. Um, I would say this. I'm going to try to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because, yeah, I would say the same thing. Like, man, a first-person developer, I don't trust them to make the kind of game that this game should be. But you look at someone like Guerrilla Games, who made the Killzone games for so long, and then they moved over to Horizon, and that game was loved. So if Machine Games can even do a little bit of that, it's going to be a really good game. Right. Again, only problem is Indiana Jones, an existing IP. Gorilla Games was smart to create their own character. Machine Games has to, they got, they got a, you know, they got, they got a task here. News item number five, NVIDIA. They announced the RTX 3060 for 329.99. Now, um, David, you have a 2060, right? Mm-hmm. Any interest in the 3060? Uh, honestly, not really. I mean, I think the price is decent, but I have a weird thinking process. It's like if I'm saving up to buy a graphics card, if this is 329, I'm rather just save up the rest, an extra 200 bucks and just get the 3080. You know, Hmm. like if you're spending that much money, just save a little bit more and just spend that much more and get a better card that'll last you a longer, I would think. Now is the five is that the the five hundred dollar one? Is that the thirty eighty or is the thirty seventy? I think. Well, I either think way, it, whichever one's the thirty eighty. If that one is six hundred five, I would just save and get that one. I think yeah. that one's seven fifty. The yeah. thirty eighty. <laughs> still, I'd still just save and just get that. Right. Yeah, Corey. What about you? Um, I actually did a little bit of research on this. It seems like it's going to not outclass the current gen systems, but it's going to be right up there. You know, the things they were showing with ray tracing 60 frames on a lot of the high powered games and, you know, obviously um, really good graphics. So um, it seems like a good price. If you're looking to upgrade your PC, you know, if you're looking to build your PC with this in it, though, you start to get a little pricey, you know, because this, this is already 320 and everything else you need to get would kind of push you over the edge where, where hey, you can just get a PlayStation five for the amount you're spending. But if you're looking just to upgrade, I think this is a nice little upgrade. So are you looking to upgrade? No. Uh. <laughs> no, I am a I'm the Nintendo guy. And you're you're also very content with the I believe 1050 in your PC. I have, I have no clue. Okay. 
it's easy to use in the wrong port anyways. It can't run Return to Tarkov, I know that, or Escape from Tarkov, <laughs> and they would not give me a refund. Not happy. Well, you know what? Ex- exactly. Don't you wish you had the Poland Office of Competition and Consumer Protection? Yeah, actually, I do. Exactly. exactly. I wish it was on Steam so I could have returned it within two hours, but they made you download their own launcher. Right. Very smart. That's so annoying. That is. So Jeremy, annoying. what about you? You're a PC guy. We got to hear your opinion on this one. Yeah, I'm with David. I'd rather save up the extra 100, 200, get the 30, 70, or the mm-hmm. extra 3, 400, get the 30, 80, and okay. just, just deal with it that way. Um, whether for me, whether I'm upgrading or building, I'm okay. gonna have to. I'm gonna have to build a new rig this year to replace my other big rig. So, um, I mean, you know, it's cool though. So, who's this card for? I think this card is for people who want really high level, um, 1080p gaming or a really good experience 1440p gaming. I think if you're someone that wants to jump in the building, um, a brand new gaming rig, and you've got maybe a $600, $650, $700 budget, um, this is a good card to pick up. Okay, cool. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's retailing for $329. I think that's the Founders Edition, which means the partner cards will end up being a little bit cheaper, maybe $319, $309, something like that. So you'll be able to find it for around 300 maybe on like really big sales, less than 3 I think it's a pretty decent card to pick up then. Okay. Yeah. Uh, news item number six. Game Explain has been hit with crunch allegations. Corey, this was a story you found particularly yes. interesting. So take the lead on this. What exactly is going on? All right. So for anyone who doesn't know what Game Explain is, they're a YouTube channel who does like, in-depth analysis of like trailers they also put out reviews they're they're mostly like a nintendo site but they put in like very deep analysis uh a one minute trailer might get broken down into like a two-hour video just pinpointing everything that you see in the background and stuff so um recently three of the people that were on the show not the creator of it but they had left the channel and kind of going through like chats and stuff they were talking and the reason they left the channel was because of crunch now, one of the um, persons who was in there bowling, he said he got paid $550 a month, you know, regardless of the amount of content he put out. And one of the things that happened to him was when he had to review Final Fantasy VII Remake, Square Enix gave him the code two days before, but he was on a deadline. So he worked 48 hours straight to make this review without stopping. His wife said that she took care of the children. Um, she cooked the dinner, did everything. And he ended up actually getting paid about a dollar or two an hour to do this review, which, you know, I I wanted to bring this up because a lot of times I'm like, you know what, crunch is just overtime, which, you know, in certain circumstances, sure, I still believe that, but this is 100% unacceptable. To work like that for that little amount of money under that kind of pressure, now that's something that cannot be had in the video gaming industry or in like this reviewer YouTube, you know, type of scenario. Right, I was going to say, this is more like in the games media type of... yeah field and the game develop yeah so that's yeah it's interesting uh yeah that's terrible they shouldn't it is. make anyone do anything nearly like that um and yeah i leave i'm sure that those those 28 or 48 hours however much longer it's been since then had a bunch of wrecking it did to his mental health in that regard 
to be under that much stress yeah, now, that little time. Right. I should say the creator of the channel, uh, Andre Seeger, said, uh, I was quite upset to hear these experiences because I, I consider them true friends and I hate that they felt subjected in anywhere, any way to unfair compensation or unrealistic deadlines. So he feels okay. bad. I okay. feel like he probably could have put a stop to it. But yeah, this crunch, totally unacceptable. You know, like I said, I've been kind of like not for crunch, but hey, it's overtime. But no, some things are way over the line. Right, right. So is this is this like a publication that has a YouTube channel or is this like a YouTube channel that that this is their own content? This is their stuff. game explain. Yeah, uh, this is their YouTube channel. Gotcha. Gotcha. OK. I mean, it seems like if you're the creator and they're your friends, it seems like you have a little bit of control over how that goes. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's unfortunate. News item number seven. Hogwarts Legacy. Now guys, I don't know if you know, but Hogwarts is part of Harry Potter. Um, what? It's been, it's true. It's been delayed till 2022 or next year. Guys, wasn't this game just announced not that long ago or shown yep. or revealed? And yep. And we're doing another thing of a right. It's, it's a Halo Infinite, right? It's a hey, let me show you this. It's going to come up pretty. Oh no, wait a minute. It's a. It's going to be over a year from now. What, what's it's annoying. Your, like, it's, can yeah. hey, gaming companies, can you please just give us a realistic date from the get go so we don't have to deal with this anymore? You know, we had this with The Last of Us Two, the Halos, uh, now this Cyberpunk over and over again. Probably gonna be more games this year. Stop. Yeah, That's I mean, just like I was actually excited for this. Like I would have went and got a PS5 to play this game. Now I can wait. I'll spend less money on a PS5 and maybe this game. Right. I like yeah. it's. I, I don't know. I'm older. Okay. Yeah. So you know delays. You know, if it's a game you're looking forward to, you're always disappointed. You know, I was really looking forward to this game. I really wanted to play a really good Harry Potter game. But at the end of the day, I'm okay with it being delayed every single time if it makes for a better game. And hopefully that's what they're doing with the time. They're making a better game. So I don't care. I want it out, but I want it out at the best possible quality it can be. I concur with that statement wholeheartedly. But what I said also goes, yes, okay. Uh, yeah. That's fair. That's fair I, too. I think it's kind of like a thing where you would maybe hope that they would say, "Hey, this game is coming out in 2023," and then after a while they say, "Oh, you know, development's been going great, even if it hasn't." But because they gave themselves, I don't know, a year a worth year of window, a window, they're like, "Oh, it's right. actually coming out this year," and then people would be like super pumped, right? That's like right. one of the things that made people so beloved with Bethesda that Bethesda will announce Fallout 4 and then launch it four months later. And you're right. like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Now, again, the other side of that is Bethesda games are always janked. So <laughs> they can do that. But, um, yeah, it, it's the same thing. I'm usually always not going to be upset with delaying a game. It's a matter of, okay, it's like you're you're trying to create the buzz now. You're trying to sell it like it's almost right here. And then you're kind of pulling the rug. Don't do that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, news item number eight. Razer unveils their Project Hazel Smart N95 
RGB masks. Have you guys seen these things? They look I did. They look like alien technology. Which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and like the like the biggest things a lot of people have problems with is masks is like it's constricting, like it's like on your face. And like these things are like they have space, you know? Yeah. Which is great. You can sit there and talk and it not just rub on your face and stuff like that. Like I've seen some people have, you know, have they have mask knee and they you know the whole not breathe thing because it's gonna have like a, a filter system and whatever. Mm-hmm. I think this is a good idea, but I think they're gonna be like a hundred bucks or something, aren't they? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I, I think they're gonna be too pricey for me to even think about getting one. But you've seen them though. Yes. Okay. They look awesome. They look awesome. I mean, that's overindulgence. Okay, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing I will say. I believe that the Rona is here to stay in some capacity. So mask wearing may become more of an accessory. Mm. And people buy hundred dollar wallets, hundred dollar purses. Yep, which blows my mind all the time. So if you've got a nice, super looking mask that lights up with a filtration system (laughs) that makes you look like a space marine. You're going to be not the be that bell bad. of the ball. Yeah, you know what? Definitely. <laughs> yep. Definitely. And it's very, very, I think it's right on brand that Razer, the PC gaming accessory company, is the one that came up with this. Uh, news item number nine is glorious news. EA has lost their exclusivity of the Star Wars license by nature of Ubisoft announcing they are making a Star Wars video game. I can think of a bunch of other licenses that should no longer be exclusive to EA, but I will take this one. Guys, what do you think about them losing that exclusivity? And then if you, if you did you read anything about the new game that Ubisoft is making? What are your impressions on that? I was going to say, I have two questions. One, do we know why they lost that exclusive? Because they're because they're EA. Because <laughs> they're EA. Okay, and, and two, just because they lucked into Fallen Order and Squadrons doesn't make up for the fact that, you know, Star Wars and Disney almost lost their anus on how bad the Battlefront Two reaction was with everything, uh, yeah, and how that probably messed up the movies. That's that's what lost it for them. Yeah. And I was just say the game Ubisoft is making, is it like a completely different kind of game? It's an open world. It's a it's Ubisoft game. It's, it's an Ubisoft game. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's Assassin's Creed, was... but Star Wars? Yeah, or Far Cry 6, but Star Wars. We don't know yet, but it's going to be <laughs> an open world Ubisoft game, which EA is not good. Ubisoft is, I guess, a little better, but it's nice to know that it's open to other companies. Like, yeah, the Ubisoft game might be a little generic, but hopefully the next company that gets it really puts their their passion right. into Star Wars. Jeremy, mm-hmm. you've you you got to be ecstatic, right? Big Star Wars fan. You got the 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 Bobby Fett helmet for Christmas or something. Wow, Boba Fett. Um, and no, you're not excited. I'm not, I'm not excited. Because, okay, I go from EA, who makes terrible games, to Ubisoft, who makes boring games. So, all right, my Star Wars goes from being bad to boring, you know? Um, There's at least 
I have some confidence at least that EA put Star Wars finally with the right developers, right? With uh, Respawn doing Fallen Order and everything like that. I don't know. Who is Ubisoft going to put the Star Wars? Are they going to put them with the venerable people that make Far, Far Cry? No. The venerable people that make Assassin's Creed? No. Oh, that other venerable team that makes Watch Dogs? Like, like what team do they have there? <laughs> oh, 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 you know what I didn't think of? I didn't think of the team that makes the crew. Maybe they give Star Wars to the team that made the crew. <laughs> Pod okay? racers. Exactly. All right, two uh, things I have for you real quick. Yeah. Now, you don't think this stops EA from making future Star Wars games, right? No. Like, it's still got to go through Disney, but they can make Jedi Fallen Order 2 most likely. Oh, yeah. Okay, and uh, my next question is for you. Uh, what what company would you like to see have it? You That's have one in mind? what I was going to ask, yeah. If, if, if anybody could do it, who would you want to do it? I mean, we're talking Platinum Games, right? No. <laughs> We're not a little talking. anime, Star Wars, we're not, great we're action. Not, we're Flippy. not talking. We're not talking platinum games. Oh, wow. We're not. Wow. Talking Skywalker, platinum. I am your father. Ooh, ooh. No. Well, what is uh, that? Huh. <laughs> really, really interesting. You know, from a I don't from a gameplay standpoint or from a storytelling standpoint. Just what company that one of the you same? want to make the game? It's not the same because here's the thing. Okay, I'll go storytelling. And I'll talk about, even though I just played one of their games and I couldn't stand the storytelling in it, but it was at least different. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing Remedy do something with Star Wars because they have a different, unique approach to storytelling that I think is very much missing in the Star Wars universe, right? A lot of people like um, the Rogue One Star Wars, right? And mm -hmm. that's because it had a different look and feel to what people usually get with Star Wars. I believe Remedy would do that from a narrative standpoint with the game. Yeah, Remedy would be good. Yeah. Great third-person action developer. So, David, do you have one in mind? Um, not really. I don't know. Okay. I've, what about I've, you, what about you I watched Corey? the original, like, three movies. I already movies. told you. You said who? Platinum Games. The, oh, yeah, but you were—you were, you were asking, yeah, you were asking you were him in a facetious though. way. Yeah, so. no, you get, no, 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 no. I was dead serious. Like you get a platinum games where you're a Jedi and you're jumping around and doing acrobatics and you have these quick dodges and these quick deflects and you're just having this awesome lightsaber uh, Jedi dude fighting. Like it's platinum games, man. I love them. You okay. give them Star Wars. Okay. I mean, look, Transformers Devastation, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was, the Transformers was pretty good. It was okay. Yeah. And T that was their B team. That was their B team. TMNT was pretty bad. It was trash. They had yeah. an A team, which does good work, and they have a B team, which does trash work. All right? So give it to the okay. A team. Okay. Okay. All right. You know what? People, let us know. If For one, let us know. We have a two-part question. A, do you care about Star Wars at all? B, what developer would you like to see work on a Star Wars game? Um, you know what I'm surprised none of us said? Bioware. News item number 10. <laughs> it's, it's over for them. Um, there was the Resident Evil RE showcase that happened. And they showed some news there about the upcoming Resident Evils. Now, I didn't have the fortune of being able to see it, but I know you guys delved into it a little bit. Yes. So... Tell us, what was in the showcase? All right, so they showed the release date. It's May. What was it, the 9th? 21st? No, it wasn't that or is late. that the year? That's the year. 
Yeah, it's early May, like a single digit <laughs> day. And uh, they showed it's coming with another game, RE Versus. That was the name of it, right? Yep, R- uh, yeah. Reverse. R-E-verse. R-E-verse, yeah. So that looked pretty cool. It has like all of like main characters. It has the Jill and uh, Leon, Claire, Nemesis, uh, Jack from Seven. It looks like like a it's a PVP shooter, which is cool. But uh, I mean, in the game, it's the village itself. They showed some gameplay. They showed that PS5 is getting a demo starting today. Um, you can start pre-orders now. There's different tiers of the ordering, of course. You know, there's like there's a collection edition. There's just uh, uh, digital edition stuff like that. So it, you know. But I I liked what they showed. You know, it showed a little bit of the story. What about you, Corey? Uh yeah. I mean, you pretty much hit everything. But uh, I actually did play the demo already. Did I downloaded you? it, played it. Um, very atmospheric. Um, I was terrified the whole time. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't do well with first person uh, horror games so much. So uh, it really set the tone. There was no combat in it. It was a pretty short one, about twenty minutes, but. Um, man, the interior in those games, like the actual yeah. uh, castle, looked gorgeous. The level of detail on everything, the lighting, like it's a really good-looking game already. And it's still got time to get cleaned up. So uh, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for RE-verse, uh, RE8. I don't know if I'll be able to really play it. Like I said, a little too frightening for me. So we'll see. That's right. I'll do it. <laughs> we'll be all right. That's all you, David. That's all you. <laughs> I'll take it. All right. Well, that is it for our morning announcements. We're going to move on to our next segment, the roundtable, when we discuss a singular topic or something we want to have a discussion about, a debate. And um, a while ago, we all had mentioned, you know, the best game worlds or the game worlds we would want to live in, right? And just mentioning Ari, one of David's was Ari, which is just a crazy person there, right? I need help. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> and, so, and so now we're going to change it up, right? We're so positive with that. Now we're going to go a little negativo with it, a little negative, and talk about what we believe to be the, the, worst, the worst game worlds to live in. And we're each going to have about two or three of them that we're going we're gonna to talk about here. Um, now, who would like to begin this segment as I still am just amazed thinking about how David said he wanted to live. In <laughs> I'll, the I'll, 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 go, I'll go first. All right. What's your first one? Because this one's the, the easiest one. This is the one you do not want to live in more than any other game world, because it's just a, a devastating world. It is the universe of fallout. Fallout is such a terrible world to live in. You wake up after being iced for like, what, 100 years, 200 years, whatever it is, and you leave your bunker and it's just wasteland. Everything is destroyed. Everything is radioactive. The bugs are giant. There's um, raiders everywhere. There's death claws. Like, you can't eat food because it poisons you. You can't drink water. Everything's junky. Like, it's just the absolute worst world to live in. I wouldn't want to get caught dead in that world. It's just, it's horrible. Downright horrible. I agree. I agree. That's, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. All right, David, you're next up. 
All right, so this this will ensure you're thinking of I need help. Now, I've thought about it, and I would not want to live in the Mario universe. Unbelievable. Oh! Because <laughs> I, I don't want to deal with all these, you know, bad guys randomly showing up, whatever. Like, how many cities and whatever have we seen being taken over and ravaged by Bowser and all these minions and whatever, you know? Like... Not a lot. I, I, what are you, not a lot. <laughs> not a there's lot. Mar- okay, Mario uh, uh, well, Odyssey, on. there's like 10 different worlds with all to these be bad fair, guys every, all over. Every Mario has and then like eight worlds. Yeah, Mario Sunshine, you know, all the cities in that one. I, was like, it, I can go on and on about every Mario game. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't want to be there. It's too much. But Resident Evil... It's fine. Yeah, but that's all. That's all. You know, shysty. <laughs> this and, guy is a well. And <laughs> I could be part of the problem in that one. This guy is insane. Yes. And ladies and gentlemen, if you've been wondering, 30, 40 levels into this podcast, oh, is Corey maybe the crazy one? Which I think, in, in many ways, he makes obvious. Or is Jeremy <laughs> possibly the crazy one? No, you've been wrong on all the fronts because it's that guy that just spoke. I'm sick, it is David. Sick. He is going around ravaging, doing crazy things, ran- just attacking people on TikTok mercilessly. <laughs> and all these other things, this guy wants to be in the it world of zombies, and he hates Yoshi. That is this guy whoa, right here. Whoa. It's ridiculous. Okay, hold on. First off, any any game I could play as Yoshi, I play as Yoshi. Okay. How dare you? But, okay. yes, I no, I don't want to live in Mario's world. Right. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Well, what about I'll you? Go, right, go what's, next... your, what's your sane answer? Yeah, my sane answer is easy. The game world I wouldn't want to live in is uh, The Last of Us. Mm. It's depressing. <laughs> you can't trust anyone. There are zombies that grow trees and mushrooms out of their head, and they click for sound. And they use echolocation. You want to talk about something? You want to talk about what's scary? Zombies that act like dolphins. That's terrifying <laughs> for me. And that's what that game has. Okay? So, uh, yeah, it's it's dreary. You know, you can't really, you're not sure. Everything's contaminated in some way or another. You have to scramble for every single piece of, of, of resources you can get. And there's just barbaric people around there. I, I couldn't. It'd be a terrible game world to live in. That's, that's the first one for me. You know, it's funny as my debate in my head was if I wanted to say Resident Evil or The Last of Us for the ones to live in. This guy's a nut job. He is. He is. Okay, so my second one. Now, if you've been listening to the Thoughts and Players podcast, you know that we're usually really united on all fronts. We really have each other's back on all takes. Um, But I'm here to rectify a mistake. What are you talking about? you're a moron. Resident Evil would be the worst world to live in. It's absolute madness that you would pick it. I couldn't it, let it stand. All right, it no, is madness. No, no. The only reason I disagreed with you, and you said the no. only people that live in Resident Evil are like these buff cops, which you're not, unfortunately. I'm not either. Or these mad scientists. And you don't know what I got guys, under this shirt. Even those guys turn into like zombies or tyrants like it's a crazy world and guess what even if you're holed up in your house the government nukes your town 
Like that, Corey, that's a thing that happened. Corey, like, not, not, not only is there a I, thing I out the there, you not only know. is there a zombie apocalypse with a virus and everything like that, it's all helmed and controlled by a corporation. Right, right. They're going to take over the world. You can't yeah. go anywhere. You can't go to Spain. But that's because the thing. Guess what? There's you guys are all doctors. thinking about like the whole universe. Like, what if I was one of the doctors working for an umbrella? You know, David, you're not. What yeah, yeah, Jeremy, but right now, what if Jeremy was Luigi. No, he would right. be Jeremy. Resident Evil is is just it's psychotic. You can't live there, no oh, matter yeah. what. It'd that's it. You're done. You can't. Corey, that was a very like, sane, logical like selection. Ada Wong just. You would be places. you would be the truck driver at the opening of Resident Evil 2. Not even. You you underestimate me. It's Nobody funny. lives, David. Nobody. Underestimate living. Underestimate your sanity. That's what you're saying. Go on, oh. David. Hit us with your next one. What is your next one? Let's okay. hear this. So one. okay, so Despite not playing it, so I might not know everything, but I know the basis, and I wouldn't want to live in Skyrim. Okay. Okay, because, you know, dealing with the people coming in and everything, like the main guy, like, and I don't know. It's just, I'm not, I'm a fan of medieval times, but I'm also, I am not a fan of, like, actually living it. It's nice to look at, but not be in. Okay. okay. And they were like, like, add on to the like dragons or whatever. Nope. Right. Okay. I could run away from kinda, a zombie. All right. I can't run away from a dragon. I can kind of see your point, Skyrim. It's dirty. You really don't have like indoor plumbing, I don't think. But like, it also has magic, which is like really cool. Right. And yeah, like if, the common and the common the right folk people can have learn. It. The common right. folk can learn the magic. And there's actual civilization in Skyrim. Like there's actual full-on civilization. It's yeah, not hordes of, of 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 things running around. Right? There's there's civilization there. They have walls, they have water, like drinking water you can just get. They have bathrooms, right? You can cook a duck mm. in Skyrim. <laughs> If you can catch good it. luck, good luck cook, cook, uh, cooking a duck in uh in Resident Evil Land, <laughs> Raccoon <laughs> City. Yeah, but you know, okay, that's fine. <laughs> my 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 second uh my second game world that I wouldn't want to live in may be surprising, may not be surprising. I don't know. That game world is uh the Grand Theft Auto world, mm. because anybody at any time can just murder you. <laughs> and I understand you're like, well, that sounds like real life. Yes, to some extent. <laughs> but it happens much more liberal, liberally and, and much more uh, frequently, I would say, in the world of a Grand Theft Auto than it would in regular life. We have order most of the time in the real world. Um, but a bunch of other things, how you can easily just walk outside and there's just mayhem that can happen at the spur of a moment everyone's corrupt Every, absolutely everyone is corrupt or corruptible um it'd be a terrible terrible gang world to live in you can trust anyone uh agreed it's kind of like this world and like the thing is 
I don't think really a lot of us want to live in this current world right now either. We want it to be better. Like right. this world sucks. Right. So Grand Theft Auto is a heightened version of our world where yeah. everything is much worse. So yeah, I, I 100% get that. GTA yeah. is a world that we could be living in given a few years. years. So we yeah. have to make sure we don't go that route. Right. We should like head towards, you know, Resident Evil. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, I got a third one. You guys got a third one, right? I got a third one. Okay. Yeah. Um, I picked this world because, like, before this world went crumbling, it would be a world that I would definitely want to live in, and that would be Rapture from Bioshock. Now, um, Rapture, before everything went down, it had this beautiful art style. It had art deco. It had neon lights. It was a world where you could do anything. There was no rules in terms of how scientists were able to perform experiments. You could um, evolutionize the human body and take yourself to places you haven't been. Now, that's a great thought, but in reality, what happened is the entire just thing crashed. When you go down in that game in Rapture, it is a total mess. People have gone crazy from these experiments. There are these things called little sisters, which are little girls that scamper around and they're very creepy looking and they're protected by these scuba diving big daddies. And the world is terrifying. And I think the saddest part is you see what it could have been and what it's not. I don't want to live that life. So just take me out of it. Gotcha. I know you guys haven't played the game, but you really should. I'm, fam I'm familiar enough with it, and I, I completely understand that. I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this might, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring something back. You know, it's been a while. Um, I wouldn't want to live in a world of Dino Crisis. Mm. Mm. All the dinosaurs everywhere and everything like that. Yeah. That's a no. Right. Because they could be freaking huge. Like, I get it. Resident Evil has zombies and mutants, but, like, the mutants are not as big as the T-Rex. So what I find interesting is, is that you don't mind living in a world where human-sized things want to eat you. You just mind living in the world in which larger things want to eat you. Yeah, size is everything. Okay. It made by the same company. I don't know. Capcom? Is it? Yeah, they're pretty Dino much like the same Capcom, game. Isn't it? It's not the same well, it's, game. It's not, quite, it's not quite, Corey, because dinosaurs are larger than zombies. Ah, yeah. That's yeah. it, yeah. yeah. I was mistaken, I'm sorry. Okay. On, Jeremy. Game guys, you guys just hate me. It's okay. Listen, I get it. I'm a fanboy, alright? I don't care. And I, I just, it's not, it's not that we're just concerned about you. That's all. I would be too. <laughs> I appreciate it. You got it. Uh, this uh, episode <laughs> is sponsored by Capcom. Buy their games. They make pretty good games. They do make good games. Most of the time. And um, let's see here. My last, my last game that I wouldn't want to live in game world. I wouldn't want to live in. Um, I was thinking along the lines of possibly something dinosauric because dinosaurs would actually be terrifying in the <laughs> real world. Um, but I'm not going to go there. The game I'm going to pick is the shadow warrior game world. And that's because in that game, demons and aliens transport to the world. And 
that just sounds scary in and of itself. If you want to say, oh, well, that sounds kind of a little bit like the beginning of Mortal Kombat, you are correct. That would also be another <laughs> world I want to live in. Uh, but it's terrifying. And the most terrifying thing about it would be, unlike something like a Mortal Kombat, where you have all these great fighters and heroes to protect the world, uh, Shadow Warrior, you have to rely on a crazy Asian dude named Lo Wang. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it would be terrifying to be having demons zap into your world. And there's nothing worse. Uh, you know, a demon's just as bad. There's the only thing that's worse than a demon is a demon that's somehow able to handle a Gatling gun. That's the only thing I can think of that's worse. So shadow warrior, <laughs> definitely not a world I want to live in. You're here. So, uh, those are our worlds that we don't want to live in. You guys let us know, comment somewhere. What, what gang world would you not want to live in? And, um, you know, also, if you have, you know, maybe the phone number to a helpline of which we can give David. <laughs> Put that in the comment area as well. We can get that information to him. Help him out. Um, oh, my God. We are done with the roundtable, and we are moving on to Quickfire, our brand-newly titled segment where we talk about the one or two games we want to talk about the most that we've been playing. So who would like to start off the quick fire? Yeah, I'll go real quick. Okay. All right, so I got two for you today. I have I have re recently purchased Mortal Kombat 11. It was on sale for PS5, so I bought it. And uh, I'm not very good at the Mortal Kombat type fighting games. I'm a little bit better at Smash Bros. But um, I really enjoy the story of those games. Uh, NetherRealm always does a great job of putting really quality cut scenes. And the story is... You know, summer blockbuster, popcorn type thing, real goofy. But um, I definitely enjoy them. You know, this one deals with time travel. So you've got a lot of like the uh, Johnny Cage from the past coming and meeting him, you know, his mature self, you know, yeah. and the, oh, the young Johnny Cage is ridiculous. So if anyone gets a chance, check that one out. And then uh, I'm going to hit up a VR game. I started playing Rec Room a little bit on my Oculus Quest 2. Now, Rec Room is free. It's also on PS4 and you actually don't even need VR for it. But um. I think it's like more of a user-generated type game, but there's a really fun mode in there called paintball. And in VR, it is great. Um, it has multiple levels, like six different guns, and it's captured the flag. If you shoot someone with the paintball, you get transported back to your level. It's, if you have VR, it's really quality. Now, I downloaded it on my PS5, and I tried playing without VR. It's total trash. So don't do that. If you have <laughs> VR, if you have VR it, was, it was very fun. If you don't oh have VR, don't, don't even download it. Don't even bother. It was trash. So that's my quick fire. Nice. Um, I can take next. So the two games I've been playing, uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Finally finished it. What? Yes. Finally yes. finished it. Jeremy, how do you like it? How did you like you a it? Year. I loved it. I loved it. It took me several months, not a year. <laughs> and I and I and I loved it. It was fantastic from beginning to end. Good. The only you know what? I have a slight criticism. Hmm. And that criticism is as the game is progressing towards the end of the game, there were more stealth missions or segments than I would have liked. And it kind yeah. of it kind of stagnates the momentum or, or slows it down at times. You feel like you're building up to something, especially when you get past a certain point. You're like, okay, I have all this stuff. Just let me go out there and whoop ass as a samurai. And it still wants you to use some of the ghost things. I understand it, but I feel like they could have did a little bit less than was there. 
Yeah, there was a couple like where you had to one that involved poison at night, I believe. Yeah, uh, it was like really involved. And there was one where you had to sneak back into your own camp for story reasons. That was mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with the stealth. I, yeah. I enjoy the combat. So, yeah. Um, so I got a question. Does this now that you finished it, would you go back and say this was your game of the year or did you slot it correctly? I slotted it correctly. OK, OK. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because my game of the year was Crusader Kings 3, which is the other game I've been playing. <laughs> and I got some good news, bad news. Good news is that one, one uh, bad news, let me do bad news first. Bad news is that one same, that game I was telling you guys I was playing with the baby and all that stuff like that. No. I didn't, I didn't, I ended up starting a new game. So I didn't play that game. Okay. You got the best of you. Um, but the good news is that I started a new game, put a bunch of time into that. And I've been knocking out babies left and right. <laughs> so, so you know that's you're making up for lost time. I am making up for lost time with a vengeance. <laughs> I tell you right now, I am doubling, if not I've doubled, if not tripled my baby count so far. So, uh, uh, you know, having an absolute uh, blast. NCK three um, just became king of the Akan. Uh, working up from there to be to be the emperor of the Guinea Empire, moving from there. But um, it's it's been absolute blast. So that's what I've been playing. Uh, David, what's your quick fires? Uh, my quick fire right now is: Do you know how many babies it takes to paint a castle? Um, if you're painting it with their blood, a lot. Yeah, it depends on how hard you throw them. <laughs> okay, so anyways. Oh. I've been playing a lot of Apex. Very the, inappropriate. Uh, Very everyone. Yikes. I want to apologize. I want to apologize on the behalf of everyone. Yeah. I, I'm the bad guy. I'm the bad I guy. Think, David, I think we really had to have a real conversation about uh, your mental status and your needs because Jeremy's was obviously a joke. I need a good you, nap. I'll be taking right. way too far. I am telling you, this guy. <laughs> I'm disgusted. What has happened? You know. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so the new season of Apex starts early February. I think it's the second. So uh, that's fun. And uh, I've been playing a lot, a lot of uh, Super Mario Party with my son. And that I, I really, I, like I said before, I really like the mini games in that one. And uh, we still haven't unlocked all the characters. I don't really know how to do that. I'm going to look into that. But I mean, it's it's fun playing games with him because I'm not like in try hard mode you know like sitting there playing apex ranked all day it's sweaty you know just <laughs> sit back relax play with him have a good time it it really calms me that's that my quick fire nice all right everybody that is our quick fire those are some of the games we want to highlight that we have been playing let us know what games you have been playing and that is going to take us to our mid-roll break we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we will be back with a very special was it worth it this level of the thoughts and players podcast was made possible by your support if you're enjoying the podcast please be sure to like rate and share the show as well as contribute to our community questions and segments Doing so helps the show grow, keeps our content engaging, and most importantly, make sure your voice is heard. Thanks for tuning in. And now, back to the show. And we are back with Thoughts and Players. We are moving on 
to our favorite segment. Your favorite segment? It is the Was It Worth It? And for this level, we have a game that came out, what, this past week or so? A nice classic being brought back for us to delve into or dive into. And by for us, I mean David and Corey. And uh, so I'll just be leading the discussion on it. But that is Scott Pilgrim. Now, if you guys don't know who or what Scott Pilgrim is, started off as a graphic novel, um, you know, was then a movie uh, that starred the very venerable, uh, what's his name from Superbad? I just forgot Michael his name. Sarah. Michael Sarah. There we go. My favorite uh, actor, by the way. Mom, bro. And, um, Hey, the guy's been in like five movies. Granted, they've all been classics, but he's, he's been in, he's been in five. Not much so, lately. Not a lot. Uh, but uh, it's still great. It's a great movie. I've seen it a few times. It's always up for a watch. Uh, and then they created a game. The game came out a while ago. Uh, beat him up, and it was pretty cool. And then it went away, and you couldn't buy it. And then they brought it back out. And from what I've read, it is the was it the fastest. Physical fastest selling game on the Switch as far as physical copies. I think I read that somewhere. Um, so people have been buying it up. Join it. These two got to play it, so we're going to talk about it. So um, as we talked about, as you know, mentioned movie before that graphic novel. So there's an illustration and a, and a visual aspect to the game. So guys, what would you say? Because it's kind of done in an art style, like a, like a cartoon style. So you could kind of put it in the graphics, but I guess the visuals. What would you guys say the visuals of the game has been so far in your experience? Uh, it's good. It's it's very it's eight bit. You okay. Know, as the little yeah. squares and everything like that, it's it's exactly what you would picture it to be. Yeah. And it like it, the colors are good. Uh, you know the smoothness of everything is well done. You know it's. I, re I really like what the game offers visually. I would nice. say it's like it's it's eight bit esque. It's not eight bit because eight bit is like what you have eight colors and like a bunch of tiny squares. But it looks it has that retro style of an eight bit game. Except yes, you know a game like this could never be made on the Nintendo. It does look really good, and it takes all its inspiration from the graphic novel. All these characters are straight out the page in the way they look. Um, it's very clean, everything you can see exactly, you know, the backgrounds. I, I have a lot of issues with some retro games where everything kind of bleeds into itself because of that pixelation. This one does not have the problem. The graphics are real good. Um, the visuals, you know, with the effects for some of the power moves and stuff are nice. So, yeah, I, I like the visuals in this game. Nice. Now, another aspect of Scott Pilgrim is the sound and the music. If you guys um, saw the the movie, you know some of the music music duels that were in the movie and different stuff like that. So it's obviously a large part of the whole identity that is Scott Pilgrim. So why would, how would you just guys describe the game sound um, as far as sound effects, ambient sound, whatever, and then as well as any music that's in the game? Uh, the music I I loved, and you know, course playing of uh, games like this, the levels eventually the music like repeats. And the music is was not annoying to me at all. Like it went well, and it wasn't obnoxious or too loud or anything. It just kept the flow of the game going. And then as for like actual sounds for the game, it uh, I didn't notice anything 
out of ordinary or wrong or bad. So that was well done. But to say what I don't remember any of the sounds like per se, I wasn't really too focused on them. Yeah, I would say the um, the music is the star of the show. It's a great soundtrack. It's like chip tune, and it sounds amazing. It really gets you through those levels. Um, as far as the soundtrack or the sound effects go, I'm very unforget- uh, forgettable. I don't yeah. remember any of them. If like even like the punching connection connecting does anything, but but that's okay because the music is so good that it carries you through. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk about the story of the game if there is really a story or did they kind of just leave that up to its um its source original material. form yeah it's source material yeah this the story in this is very minimalist like you're just kind of supposed to know what's going on you know it's it's in the title you know you're facing the evil axes so like the only thing you really see story wise is at the end when you go to face a boss you know they'll say a quick line or two and that's it. So story-wise, there's not much. Yeah, but sure. I think that's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Hmm. I was supposed to go. I was supposed to go a little longer. It's but fine. it's 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 <laughs> kind of like um like we kind of like discuss with Streets of Rage like it's yeah man it does it beat them up. Streets of Rage even had more yeah. story. I mean, this thing really just lets the levels speak for themselves in terms of story. Like, you go through the parts of the level exactly in the same order as the movie. So, and then you fight an X at the end, and then they might show, like, a literal, like, three-second cut scene of Scott staring at Ramona or something like that. That's, that's all there is for story. But, you know, if you're buying this game, you're most likely a fan of something Scott Pilgrim in the past, so you know that story. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. I will say, as we get to gameplay, right, Corey, you say all of that as I'm taking a sip of water, right? <laughs> right. Thank you. So now we'll move on to the last part, which is gameplay. So you guys have been talking about it to beat them up. You go around and you're beating them up. How's the gameplay? How does this thing feel to play? Um, It's actually kind of hard because on PC, you know, you, you use the ASWD, of course, but... You don't use your mouse or arrows or anything like that. You have to use J I O P K L and U. Like it's really confusing, and I, I kind of got the hang of it. But like, you to do like combos and stuff. It it's weird. Does it not have that? You can't do any key binding. I mean, I guess you can. I didn't really feel like switching stuff. Ah. I don't know. I didn't really know what would feel comfortable, anyways. Yeah. I'm weird like that. I don't know. But besides that, I mean, it being a beat-em-up it, it is kind of, you know, straightforward. Just run around and hit people. So also another thing I did want to mention. Okay, so we've mentioned, like, Streets of Rage before. Uh, my son, who's just turned five, he beat Streets of Rage 4 on easy mode. Okay? This game, I'm on the easiest mode. And it took me five times to even get past level two. Like, this game is so much more difficult. It is absurd. Mm. I guess I have to learn to block and uh, counterattack, I guess. I don't know. And I didn't learn until I was stuck on level three for, like, two days that you can power up your people. 
with stats from like you can go inside these stores within the levels and buy items and food or whatever and it boosts up your strength and attack and stuff like that so that helped that's what helped me beat level three but just yeah just the difficulty of this game is is really high if you really don't know what you're doing i'd have a friend had to tell me the whole shop thing now how do you feel Corey? oh just, okay well, yeah, just, just just a quick question mm -hmm. um so wait. So did you beat Streets of Rage four with your son? No, no he still hasn't it. beat it. I'm, I'm still, I'm still on level <laughs> so, six. So your son beat Streets of Rage before you. Yes. And he started after you, or he started way before. No, he started way after. Oh, okay. But he also put more time into it. <laughs> Corey, you were saying? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. World, the game. Now for gameplay, I got to give kudos to like all like the Easter eggs or throwbacks to other games. Like the main map is straight out of like Mario three, you know, we are going around and moving around the map and even like yep. the character select screen, that's Mario two. And it's cool to see like these references to video games. And I'm sure there's a ton more throughout, but uh, like David said, the gameplay is, is rather difficult. They've made kind of a curious choice to where like your level ups don't affect your stats at all. They give you new moves. Yeah. I thought that was um, so, so weird. You start off, yeah, you start off. That's why I didn't basic. know I had to buy stuff. I thought it just leveled you up. Yeah, I really didn't know either. You start off extremely basic with, you know, a light punch, a heavy punch, and like a dash and a kick or something. And as you level up, you unlock new moves. And some of the moves are pretty good. Some of the moves are kind of seem pointless. But the only way to get stronger and actually kind of get through the game is to buy these items that increase your stats. And you do that by collecting money by defeating enemies. And it's also kind of a curious design choice to where, like, you've got to go to the shops that are in the middle of the level to buy these things. So if you collect a bunch of money and you beat the level, you actually got to go back into the level, you know, and go through a little bit of it to get to this shop. And the mm. actual items don't even tell you what they do until after you, you buy them. So that's mm. all yeah, that really was, confusing that, to me. I, I did that. not like that. Um the actual gameplay is okay. I played, I think, every character a little bit. They all feel mostly the same, which is a little disappointing, especially since we've gone through Streets of Rage 4 and Battletoads, where in Streets of Rage, they had different movesets, and in Battletoads, I believe they had, like, different attributes. You know, one's more powerful, one's quicker. This game seems like every character is the exact same until you buy items. So, disappointing with that. Um... One of the big uh, complaints I had about Streets of Rage 4 was the movement. This one's a little quicker, but I don't know. It feels kind of like wooden to me. You know, it's not as sleek as I would like with the movement. It really kind of shows that it's a 10-year-old game. And while I'm having a little more fun with it than I was at the beginning, I, I think it's old. I think it's a little bit older. And that weighs it down. Hmm. <clears throat> so that, that kind of reminds me of um, like that Kingdoms of Amalur remake. Where even okay. though they're remaking it and they're re-releasing it, it still it feels its age still. It can't escape what it what by definition it is. Right, right. Okay, interesting. So uh, taking all those different things into account, I believe the game is fifteen dollars, right? Fourteen ninety nine. Yep. Okay. So taking into all the account all those things, the price of it, what would you guys' verdict be? Was it worth it in your opinion? Honestly, if you're not a fan of Scott Pilgrim, I wouldn't get it. By my me myself, I actually I bought the KO edition. 
you know, that was $170. It comes with a bunch of extra stuff, but I, it's my favorite movie. Uh, I loved everything that's coming with it. You know, it was definitely worth me putting the money into it. But yeah, if you're not, unless you really like beat em ups, if you like beat em ups, definitely worth it. But if you're just looking for random games to buy, I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at it. So, yeah, it's yeah. a good point. It's it's kind of weird because now this is our third beat em up on was it worth it? And I don't think beat em ups are such a popular genre of game that you can just keep digesting one after the other. You know, like if you're a big RPG fan, hey, even if this RPG is not as good as the previous one, I just love RPGs. Let's play it. Beat em ups right. aren't really like that. They come off. They come out every so often. So to have three kind of within a year span, it's kind of like. If this was the first out of the three in terms of Streets of Rage and Battletoads, yeah, okay, hey, it's worth it. I played Streets of Rage 4. That graphic style was beautiful. The combos were awesome. Mm-hmm. Battletoads, it was frenetic. It was fun. It was fast. This one kind of falls into neither category. It's not as fun as either of those two. And even like something old like Castle Crashers, which recently had a re-release, I think that game's more fun than Scott Pilgrim. So... If you played Streets of Rage 4, Battletoads, and Castle Crashers, and you still want to beat them up, and you like Scott Pilgrim, yeah, hey, this game's worth it. If you don't really meet that criteria, though, I I think you can pass. For me personally, I don't think it's been worth it, but it's 15 bucks. But still, not worth it. Yeah, so it sounds like, it sounds like in this case, you have to be a bigger IP or a bigger lover of the IP than you would the game, even if it's something that you enjoy playing, the type of game you enjoy playing. Right, definitely. And like I said, I don't, I don't know if there's that many people out there that are like, I'm a beat 'em up fan. I'm, that's my genre right. of choice. Like, there's no one out there right. that that qualifies for that. So this would be a game like it's almost like a novelty, you know, like Streets of Rage was. It was almost like a novelty because we haven't seen one in a while. But right. Now we've seen it. Now we've seen a couple. Right. But uh, yeah, it's it's but it's like the idea of if you if you enjoy the genre of beat 'em ups. Those other options are where you should seek first before yeah. this one, unless in addition to the genre, you also love Scott Pilgrim. Then, right. Like I said, I, right. named, I named three of them, and I know there's River City Girls, which I think has a lot of good like publicity out on the PS4, and I know there's more beat-em-ups. I'm not a big beat-em-up fan, but I, I like to play some of them, mm-hmm. but I'm guessing this is one of the lower-tier ones. The soundtrack really saves it. The graphics look nice, but I think you can pass. Gotcha. Okay, that is our Was It Worth It for Scott Pilgrim. Guys, let us know. You think it's worth it? Not worth it? Were you interested in the game ever? And has any of these opinions here changed or not changed yours? Uh, We will move on to the next segment, which is called The Final Things Club. (laughs) I know. Pinky's out. I know. And in the Finer Things Club, from what I remember, because I understand that it's on our show outline and we planned on doing this, and I just realized that I don't remember what this segment's actually about. But from what I think I remember, in this segment, we talk about small little details in games, the finer things in these games that we enjoy and appreciate. Do I have that right, gentlemen? Yeah, more or less. Okay. Okay. That was. That, I think that, you and that, David that, forgot too. I think, yeah. I. Okay. Yeah, we talked before the recording started, and I had 
an idea, and now I completely forgot. So I'm trying to remember what it was. Right, so I'll go first. Yes, cool. please. Um, cool. I don't know if mine's a small detail, but it's a thing that I think deserves to be in the finer um, things club. And this is brought to you by Blizzard. Now, back in the day of Diablo, there was a major rumor going on that there was a cow level. And, you know, it's like an internet thing where people start something up, and it's funny. They look for it. You know, people waste their time trying to figure out ways to get to this. There was no cow level in Diablo 1. So what does Blizzard do? They put a cow level in Diablo 2. You got to beat the game. You got to get some of these artifacts. You got to get these box that, like, transmutes these items to make a portal. And inside is just one of the most glorious levels in all of game. You go through this portal, and there's just standing cows with big spears and they're hard to beat and there's like a hundred of them and it's such a like i said maybe not a finer detail or a finer thing but it's such a nice detail that i wanted to put it in here because it's just it was one of the coolest things especially finding it and not really knowing about it because when diablo 2 came out that was a little bit of the earlier days of the internet you know there's not videos popping up at the day of like hey check out this secret so i thought it was a really nice thing that blizzard did um, they continued it in Diablo 3, but with a little bit of a different take. Not as cool, but Diablo 2, Finer Things, Club Attendee. Okay. Now, I enjoy that. That's a very interesting story. However, does that fit it kind of, no, it does. It does. But oh, okay. however, it might infringe your mind because I had something somewhat similar. Really? I did. Let's hear and, it. And this is Grand Theft Auto. Mm. I don't know if you remember, and it started in San Andreas, and then it went through, and it came back in Grand Theft Auto V, about Sasquatch. Yes. So there was a rumor that in the woods, uh, out there in the outskirts in the rural area outside of Los Santos, that you that there was evidence that Bigfoot, that Sasquatch was there. And players were looking for it. They couldn't find it. Um, and Rockstar didn't say anything about it. Grand Theft Auto V came out. They gave even more, <laughs> even more clues that there's possibly a Sasquatch and whatever out, you know, out there. Players kept looking. And then eventually, I believe they gave some, they hinted at a location, at a specific location in the game. And gamers went there. And lo and behold, they were able to find a Squatch. And so much so that the Squatch became a playable thing in the game. Huh. Like, like an actual playable model. Like you could be Sasquatch because I remember seeing footage of people bicycling as, as, as Sasquatch in GTA five somewhere. Um, so that's a, it's a really cool thing to kind of have this whole little mystique set up and the, the, the game developer, instead of being like, well, no, that's stupid, or that's not part of our vision, they say, oh, you know what? We can add this to the game. It can become this part of our, of our identity, and we can pay homage to the community that helps support our games. So, yeah, You're absolutely right, and that is a lot like the one I just said. So, hey, kudos to you, Jeremy. And like you said, the developers, like, giving that shout-out to their fans. Like, hey, this wasn't a real thing. Now we put it in. Yeah. Okay, well, mine's nothing like that, so I'm the eyeball <laughs> yet again. But uh, mine doesn't pertain to a certain game, but I really enjoy some uh, 
soundtracks of some games. Like people put their heart and soul into these, and yeah. like, okay, you know, you just really have to make a soundtrack that just you know kind of goes with the game, makes it flow well. But like, some of the music that they put in these games is just astounding. Like I could literally listen to the Last of Us soundtrack just because it was so good. Like I would sit there on the start menu just listening to the music. And then, like we just said earlier about the Scott Pilgrim game, like that was one of the saviors of the game, was just the music itself. So I I just really appreciate how far and how dedicated the musicians are for the gaming community because not everybody looks at that aspect of gaming. Everyone's really focused on graphics and the story and the gameplay. I I think sometimes the musicians are not thought of as much but i just want to say thank you for doing your hardest work it it really shows right welcome that's, to the finer things club musician musicians that's um yeah there's that reminds me of I mean, there's tons of games with tons of great music but one that i can't remember the exact song title uh, i don't know if it's i'm trying to think of what it was but i can't remember i don't know if it's it's in um, Destiny 2, and it's uh, not long after the beginning of it when you're, you know, you're able to survive the fall and you're getting back and you're going out towards the outskirts of Earth, and there's like this beautiful orchestral music that plays. It's called either Lost Light or it's one of those, Lost Light, Rise, might be one of those, um, but it's just this beautiful, inspiring music, and it's it's almost like it, it plays to a point where almost it takes priority over what's happening on screen. You're like, wow, this music is so beautiful, but it enhances the mood. So that's absolutely a finer thing is music and soundtracks. Pivotal. Um, uh, you know, the, the biggest, sorry, the biggest one would probably be the Halo thing that people always hum. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that is one of the biggest ones. One of my favorites. David, you know this one is to Xanderkin in Final Fantasy X. Like that yeah, main that is, theme is just—it's just one of the most beautiful pieces of music. I've like, also I've listened ever to that heard. song just because I'm like, you know what? It's, I want to go listen to this. It's a great it's a song, great piece. Yeah, yeah. This is something. Speaking of, you know, we we have every Tuesday Corey posts his favorite ah. little soundtrack clip from different games right that's right what was uh what was the one you posted this this past tuesday uh from silver surfer silver surfer, silver surfer. isn't that the oh. song that we looked at for what we wanted to kind of for our yes. songs yeah i was looking up like the best like sound uh music and games and that popped up and i tried to make it like our show theme and i was denied by our boss uh jb's a real he's terrible anyways um <laughs> i decided to bring it back and it's a banger of a song. It's it's, it's good. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say that, yeah, he has it's Silver Surfer. So he has that that he's posted. You guys can actually look at that. I think on our uh our TikTok, one of our latest TikToks is uh, a meme of a cat jamming to the theme music for the That's first level one. of Golden Axe. It's a banger. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, we, we are very much appreciators of music here. Perfect selection, David, for the Finer Things Club. Perfect Thank selection. You. Thank you. I'm not that insane. You're not. Well, you got that one right. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to move on to our next segment, which is good vibes only. <laughs> and Ooh, I liked is, that. 
Thank you. This is a new segment. You know, we've discussed and talked about mostly the guys have been talking about to me. You know, Jeremy, we, we're doing the podcast, and there's a lot of times where you just kind of really bring us down. And we need a little bit of an upper. We need a lifter. We need some, you know, you keep bringing us, you keep depressing us. Your alcohol, we need a little bit of speed. So this is, <laughs> this is, this is some speed that we're injecting right into our veins and your ears. Okay. That's and the best in way this, to do it. in this segment, good vibes only, we each talk about a certain story or personality or something game related. That's, that's a good vibe. That's just a good, nice story. Um, so who would like to offer their good vibes only first? I could offer mine first. Okay. Or, uh, yeah, go ahead. All right. So my good vibes only, I am heading back to the land of Japan, back to the island of Tsushima. Because, uh, what happened is that, um, there's been a story about how Ghost of Tsushima players uh, helped raise over $250,000 to restore the island's real-life shrine. Now, in order to get to the shrines in the game, uh, the shrines in the area, the little markers that indicate them are called Tory Gates. And so what happened is, is that in September of last year, a typhoon hit Tsushima, uh, and it destroyed one of the Tory Gates situated at a shrine. And... Um, one of the shrine's priests, his name is, and I'm going to try to pronounce this as respectfully if I can, is uh, Yuchi uh, Hirayama. Uh, he launched a crowdfunding page raised at, raised, uh, aimed at raising about 5 million yen, 47,500 American dollars, uh, to rebuild the Tory Gate at Watatsuma Shrine. And um, people saw it. And and the, especially the players, and they were like, "Well, we just spent however many hours of our life helping uh, this place, helping defend the people and the culture of this place. So of course we'll give." So overall, two thousand people donated more than twenty-seven million yen, or around two hundred and sixty thousand dollars, to help repair this Tory Gate, which is over five hundred percent more than the original goal. Um, they're expecting to rebuild the gate beginning in April and to complete it in August with all things being accounted for with the uh, COVID-19 and all that stuff going on. Um, this is one of the stories, one of the few stories, you may not have heard a lot about this because most of the time they want to talk about toxic gamer community, toxic things. And there's tons of toxicity within gaming. But there is also instances like this where people who play a game and through that game are able to connect and appreciate a different culture are then able to extend and show how much they care and appreciate that culture when they are in need of things. Uh, I think this is awesome. I think everyone who offered to this is absolutely awesome. Um, I have to check and see if the, uh, if the fundraiser is still open. I don't think it is because they've met their goal already. If I would have known about this, I would have donated to it because um, it's just an awesome game. And Tsushima is an awesome place with a lot of history behind it. Um, these, this is why we had this segment is to highlight the good things. This is absolutely great. These people are definitely uh, playing the hero, playing the hero in their life for Tsushima. They are the real life ghosts. They have been inspired by Jin Sakai. 
Uh, and so that's something that I wanted to highlight. That is my good vibe. That's a great one. Great one. Who would like? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear any of that. That is awesome. It's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. Uh, who has their Who has their good vibe story for us? Uh, I'll go. Okay. Okay. So I, it's not a sole instance yet again, but uh, big people that make a lot of money through, you know, Twitch, YouTube, stuff like that. They like to give back to the community to like the smaller people. So like guys like you know Mr. Beast and Pokemon Main, sorry. Uh, you know they've donated thousands and thousands of dollars. They made videos of it, uh, donating to smaller streamers. You know, so you're just they go on a random streamer's stream. You know, they're streaming to like three people, one person, whatever, and then they'll sit there and they'll donate a thousand dollars, and that'll just freak them out. Then they'll donate like a thousand more. Like, and then these people are like crying and they're so thankful for it. And like, it's really changing their lives, you know, cause people that, you know, have bills to pay or trying to put themselves through school or somebody's, right. you know, a parent trying to get by. And I sure. Yeah. You know, that helps them. It makes them look good, whatever, but they're really spending money that they don't have to, to help all these people and i i think that's great it's yeah. it's an amazing thing to do and to just you know help help your community essentially because it's all the same thing is it's very wholesome right and then also helping them too because perhaps 10 15 people stay behind and watch that stream and they're like oh i actually like this person and they start to follow them or they subscribe to their twitch channel and that helps I, them that way too exactly yeah it's awesome. Yeah, good one. <clears throat> All right, I guess I will go next because I am last here. All right, so I want to talk about something that actually <laughs> video games can do for, like, humans, and it's great. Um, I read out this article that came out yesterday. Video games can help children battling cancer, study says. And to me, that is, like, a very heartwarming uh, story. Now, um, it's a, kind of a long story, but... the. In you know, regard, it says in the study, 20, 20 children around 11 years old took part in a trial to determine the positive effects of video games on chemo treatment. Doctors compared the clinical records of each child before engaging in like a two or three hour session. And what they said was the results showed statistical significant changes on average to 20 children used 20% less morphine after gaming, didn't ask for as much additional pain medication, and had lower self-reported pain. So to me, gaming, you know, you get a ton of bad vibes. You know, games, you know, make you violent. You know, they make you lazy. But we never really look at what gaming can do for us as a society and for people. You know, cancer is one of the worst things that can possibly happen, especially to a kid. Mm -hmm. So to see this and see that gaming can help even a little bit, to me, that's, that's a great story. It is. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Hopes, I guess, take their mind off of the struggle they're having to go through and what they're experiencing. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. pretty much what the study says, so. Yeah. That's great stuff. Um, great end to good vibes only. I'll tell you what, people, whether you like this or not, it's staying, because I can use some good vibes. <laughs> I'm feeling, I am feeling so good after hearing all these stories about how gaming is having a positive impact in various different ways. 
Uh, so, but you guys let us know your opinion on it. I don't want to say that your opinion doesn't matter. I don't want to say that. But you guys <laughs> let us know how you feel about that segment. Uh, good vibes only. Good vibes. But that leads us to our final segment, Final Thoughts. And in Final Thoughts, we each offer one last thought or point uh, that we want to make in regards to something related to this episode or completely unrelated. So who would like to give their final thought first? Uh, I'll go. I'm going to continue with the whole good vibes thing. Um, I recently made a TikTok about something that was said to me that is stuck with me for a long time. And one of it is my cousin, he taught me how to be kind to people without expecting stuff back from them. And that really shaped how I treat people nowadays. You know, that was back when I was like eight or nine years old. I'm 32 in two months, you know. So, like, I treat people with just front-based, like, kindness. You know, like a friend needs somewhere to stay or somebody, my friend doesn't have money for food or, you know, donate to a charity or something. Like, I don't expect them to return the favor and not expecting stuff like that, I think, is a good thing you obviously don't want to be taken advantage of but to just be able to put that kind of energy into the world i, th I think a lot i think that's needed more right now especially you know more than ever so my final thought is be kind because you can not because you expect something from it nice that was nice thanks um I'll go real quick. I don't really have one because it was used at the beginning of the level. So I will fall <laughs> back. I will fall back to my second biggest hobby, which is board gaming. Um, I haven't really talked about board games much in a while. So I want to hype up a game called Awkward Guest. Now, Awkward Guest is like Clue on steroids. It's the much better version of Clue. So if you're a fan of that, maybe try to look this up. There's no dice rolling. There's no luck of, hey, did I get a six so I can make it to this next room? There are cards that you hold in your hand, and you ask people for certain clues, and if they have them, they give them to you, and you've got to give them something back. So you're getting something, but you always got to give back. And there's a ton of deduction in this game, a ton of reading your paper and seeing which rooms people went through to get to the murder room and what weapons they used. It's a really great board game. Um, if you ever have a chance to play it, check it out. Awkward Guess. And it might be on the iOS. I don't know. Check it out. Nice. Sounds interesting, okay. actually. So, um, my final thought is going to be not that I'm I'm tending to make a very specific political statement because I am not, but my final thought is there is a movie coming out soon called Judas and the Black Messiah. It stars Daniel Kaluuya uh, from the Black Panther. It stars uh, Lakeith Sanfield, who has been in everything, but uh, Sorry to Bother You is one. Um, you also may know them. You also may know both of them from Get Out, actually. <laughs> uh, they're both, they're both, uh, Dan Kalu is the main character from Get Out, and Lakeith Sanfield plays the guy who gets abducted in the beginning. Spoilers. Come uh, on. So, yes, but it stars both of them. It is a, uh, like auto like a, a, bio, a biographical drama that details the life of William O'Neill, 
uh, as he infiltrates uh, the Black Panther Party to try to take down um, the chairman, a man named Fred Hampton. And so I would say, look out for that movie. And also, I would implore you guys to maybe read and look into Fred Hampton, who is a very interesting person. Uh, he was leader of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party uh, that was um, gunned down at the age of 21. Uh, but within that very young age, he was able to have a very large impact on the world. And he tried to change it and make it for the better. So I would say, uh, because that's what I'm doing, I'm reading into him. I'm exploring this stuff. It's just kind of some things I'm interested in. So guys, maybe do a little bit of reading. Maybe check out some historical figures. I've been playing some CK3. I've been into history that way too. Maybe if you don't want to read about Fred Hampton, you want to read about King Henry VIII, you want to read, you want to read about Marie Antoinette, do that. My final thought is read. How about that? Read and seek knowledge. But that's... Knowledge is power. Knowledge is I have power. been reading Old Man Logan, so thank you for that motivation. Very nice. Very nice. That is going to be the end <laughs> of this level, level 20 of the Thoughts and Players podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast service. We are on the Apples and the Googles and the Spotify's and the Stitchers and the iHeartRadios and a bunch of other places, okay? We are also at Facebook.com. You can like the podcast there at Facebook.com forward slash Thoughts and Players, all one word. We are on, on Instagram, Thoughts.Players. Twitter at ThoughtsPlayers2. That's correct, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. You can also find <laughs> us on YouTube. And we are also on TikTok at Thoughts Players, I believe, as well. Uh, we're all there. We'll make sure we have the social the social media deets in the log, in the show notes, as well as in any descriptions or things like that. Uh, but that is it for me. That is it for my compadres. That is it for this level. And we will catch you on the next level. Peace.